0: welcome to day one so you just graduated from
1: florida international university
0: okay so you just graduated from fiu what were some of the worries that you had as you were leaving fiu
1: well the main thing was that i was leaving without having a plan after like obviously i was applying to jobs but i didn't have anything set in stone so i always worried like what i studied there's not a high demand for so i was like did i study the right thing like i studied it because i knew i was gonna like it but was it going to benefit me in the future? Like, is there always going to be a job for that? Gotcha. So that was my, like, not being in the unknown.
0: So you just had a lot of questions about the future. So is all, most of what you were experiencing as you're graduating college is like what they call anticipatory fear. You're worried about where you're going to work. Was it the right job or career choice? Um, am I going to make enough money? Were all my sacrifices worth it? So it was, sounds like there was a lot of doubts.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay. <laughs> And so what, has there been anything to alleviate those doubts as time went on?
1: Well, I'm working now. And I was very hopeful. I was very hopeful. My thing is like in God's timing. Okay. So, yeah, I had to take it day by day, literally. Like I'd apply to jobs every single day. But there were also points where I was like, I'm getting overwhelmed. And I'm, again, starting to doubt myself when I'm not getting interviews or You know, like, the number of jobs that I applied to is not equivalent to how many interviews I've had. Okay. So then I start questioning, like, am I experienced enough? Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: What was the feeling that you were having as you were... So you're applying to these different jobs? What was the self-talk that that you were experiencing during that time? Was there... Again, does it go back to self-doubt?
1: Yeah. That was my main thing. And then I was like, am I going to have to work in something that I don't like because... I'm not getting what I want right mm-hmm. now in that
0: sense. And while you were at FIU, like, actually in school, were you feeling any of these doubts also, or were you just kind of going through the motions of school?
1: No, I wasn't because I was interning, and I thought, like, with interning, it like, I would lead into having a full-time position, mm-hmm. but I didn't. So that's, like, when I was doing all that, I was like, I'm working this hard, like, not getting paid during my internship because... At the end, they're gonna give me a full time job because they need people, mm-hmm. but they didn't.
0: And so, what what were some of the places that you were inserting at? Where were some of those places?
1: Well, I only interned at FIU. Oh, okay. So, so I was my like full putting my whole self in that because I wanted to work there eventually, eventually full time.
0: And then from that, that's so you don't feel like you gave yourself enough options while you were do, while you were interning.
1: Looking back, I don't think I gave myself enough, enough options.
0: Because you had you made the assumption, oh, they're gonna hire me for sure, right? Okay, and did they interview you? Nope.
1: Oh. <laughs> nope. Like, there's not even a position open. It's just like I thought they'd be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring you in. Like, we're gonna make it a position for
0: you. It didn't happen. No. <laughs> and how long did you intern for FIU?
1: Three years.
0: Three years of interning. Wow. And I
1: was there at FIU for three and a half years.
0: So you knew the system well. I knew it. That everything. should have been an easy transition to just bring you in. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry that you went through that.
1: It's okay. I'm here now. No, that's true.
0: Like you said, I mean things happen for a reason, but still that's that's difficult when you've invested yourself so much over a long period of time mm-hmm. and your sights are just on your sights are just on this one thing. Right. And then it doesn't go through the way you plan. That's it's a rude awakening for sure. It was. Welcome to adulthood. A lot of crying. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And did you even ask them, hey, are you guys going to offer me a job?
1: I did, but they were also going through a new athletic director. So it was like people are going to get fired, essentially. Mm-hmm. So they were, they were focusing on other things besides like their marketing department and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It was like that wasn't their main focus at the time. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, the whole infrastructure. If they're hiring a new athletic director...
1: The first thing they're looking at is coaches. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're looking at coaches. They're looking at all sorts of other things within the structure rather than looking at, are we going to transition, Ashley, to, from, from an intern to, to an employee? Right. How did the university prepare you to transition from being a full-time student to seeking employment?
1: They didn't. <laughs> I had to do that on my own. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because, like, I didn't know what to do. My Like, my parents, they're both county employees, so it's like, you know, there's a high demand for that. And mm. people are going to want to work in that. But for what I studied, it's more, I don't know how to say it. Like, It's not as easy. It's not as easy. I studied broadcast media with a minor in social media and e-marketing. And my main focus was sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah,
0: so it definitely puts you into this very niche category. Yeah. Where, and it's, the weird part is this. Your whole life you're told Pursue your dreams, pursue what you're passionate about, pursue Mm -hmm. what you're passionate about, pursue that. It's going to have meaning. It's going to give your life a sense of purpose. But then you do that. And then you hit a wall where you find out that there's no either compensation might be low. Jobs might be minimal or extremely competitive and difficult to get into. Right. Yeah. What advice do you give to somebody then? Right. Well, what do you tell them?
1: (laughs) my like what people would tell me is like keep pushing like you're gonna get there and what's meant for you won't go past you Mm -hmm. which i think it's it's said a lot but it really is true
0: but how difficult is it for somebody like yourself who's actually experiencing that
1: it was very hard (laughs) some days were different but the majority of the time i was like struggling with that how long ago did you graduate in december of 2021
0: so You just graduated.
1: I just graduated and I was freaking out because I did not have a job.
0: So January rolls around. You're still, how many job applications are you sending out?
1: I believe it's around 100.
0: About 100. How many interviews did you have?
1: Not that many. Maybe like 10.
0: That's still a lot though.
1: Yeah, but equivalent to 100 applications and stuff like that.
0: Were the majority, okay, so this is, and this is a question, were all of the applications that you were sending out did you know anybody who was working in the companies that you were applying or no? No. And did you have... Um, did you ever go to those places or were these all electronic resumes that you were sending out?
1: They were all through LinkedIn. All through LinkedIn. Or Teamwork Online, which is like the sports LinkedIn kind mm-hmm. of thing. So,
0: Some of the best advice I could give to students as they're graduating and transitioning into work life is not only sending in a CV, but also... Either calling that place of employment, finding out who's a manager, who's the boss, getting in contact with those people, um, letting them know, hey, I I applied for this job and let me tell you why. And I know it might sound a little bit crazy, but even showing up to the place of work Mm -hmm. with your application in hand, dressed for an interview, just to let them see your face and see that you're serious about it. Those little steps take you a long way Um, just because you're not you become more visible. Right. Think about how many, if you sent out a hundred resumes that say all through LinkedIn, how many other people did the exact same thing? Now, how many people actually took the time to get dressed, print out their resumes, and show up to these different places?
1: You have to stand um, out.
0: You have to stand out. You have to do something for yourself to help yourself stand out. Right. And that's the same advice I would give to all the students and when I taught at the University of Miami. I would tell them, you got to do something to really differentiate yourself from all the other competitors. Yes. Is the market saturated? Yes. There's a lot of competition. Yes. But what can you do to stand out? And I feel that just something as simple as showing up, bringing your resume, coming dressed as if the interview was already being given to you can help a long way. And that's the advice I would give to anybody else that was in your situation. You should have called me.
1: I know. <laughs> wow. It takes time and not to limit yourself, at least for me, I limited myself and I was like, I only want to do sports, you know, (laughs) because I love it. Like I knew I was never going to get tired of it, but it doesn't mean now like I'm doing this, but it doesn't mean that later on in life I'm not going to do that. So it's like investing in myself and building my resume and doing other things and not limiting myself to just one thing gotcha so like i could be doing entertainment i could be doing other things so and not to be afraid of trying new things like for me when i was applying to jobs i'd see things like on the required like what you need to do the requirements and the duties like i don't know how to do that but in my head i'm like i can learn but it's like are they willing to give me that chance to learn how to do those things Like, I've never done a podcast, but here I am. Yeah,
0: there you go. It's just... We hadn't either. Yeah, we had (laughs) I think the main thing to teach a lot of people as they're stepping into the profession is, I think you look at a lot of the people who are maybe a little bit older than you and make the assumption that they know so much more. And a lot of times, we're all on the same learning curve. We're all learning it at the same time. The world is rapidly changing. So for us, or for somebody young to assume that these other people are so much more advanced, we're really not. Yeah. We're all trying to learn how to use LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it is, Clubhouse, doesn't matter. We're all trying to use it at the same pace. You might come in with more knowledge about a lot of things. And so that's something else I would tell you. If you're stepping into a work environment where they are not welcoming you as a new person with fresh ideas and a fresh perspective on the world around you, then you're probably going to walk into somewhere that you're not going to have satisfaction. Because in order for you to thrive, you have to be able to share your ideas. And if your ideas are being shut down or shut out...
1: You feel discouraged. Oh, my
0: God. You're going you're gonna to feel completely discouraged. In school, when you're studying, you have multiple exams in one day. What were you doing to help yourself so that you wouldn't burn out?
1: So I like planning everything out okay. because I can't procrastinate. So I'll do, okay, on Monday, I'm going to do this assignment and take this exam. So I like planning things out. So I don't get to that point of being overwhelmed that I have so many things do on a certain day. Mm. So that's how I do it. I plan everything out.
0: Yeah. Planning is definitely a good one. I'm trying to think of myself. Like, what did I do when I was in school? I think when I was younger, I would often procrastinate and I would overwhelm myself in the end. And it was like this race. I remember even in middle school waking up like at setting my alarm clock for five in the morning to finish writing a paper no. <laughs>
1: and
0: yeah. it's like why am i doing this to myself again why but then i felt so productive when i was done i was like i did it no tell me you could have done that the whole week could have been done
1: not necessarily in school because i enjoyed what i was doing mm-hmm. i did notice that with my internship i did overcommit. Like, I wasn't being paid, but I loved going to the, like, games and stuff like that. So I would go every single weekend or every single game they had, I would go for the full time. So it's, like, at some point, it's, like, you have to realize, like, you have to value your work as well. And it's, like, they're not paying you. They're not giving you school credit. So it's, like, at some point, you have to, like, pull pull back. back. Yeah.
0: I think that's something a lot of people, especially people who are helpers or in the helping careers. um, So, yeah, let me let me rephrase that. Oftentimes people are who are in helping professions who feel exhausted, burnt out, stressed, overworked. They're not sleeping well. They're depressed. um, They start becoming irritable as they show up to work and they don't recognize that they need to pull back. They need to they need to start looking at their lives and say, well, what are some things I should start doing for myself? because a lot of times people spend a lot of times giving and giving and giving. Moms do this often. They give and they give and they give and they don't take the time to say, "Wait, what do I need? Where why am I feeling overburdened? Why am I beca- why am I becoming increasingly irritated by my child and snapping back at them?" Um, and I think people just I, and I think about my mom. My mom was this person who would just give and give and give, and I wish I could stop her and just say, "Hey, mom, think about yourself slow down take a breath escape the house we're three kids like just go find yourself for a little bit and that way when you come back you come with a fresh perspective you just come renewed mm-hmm. um, and i think a lot of people like that a lot, a lot of people lack the ability to um to step back so i think that's huge think about all these all these moms and i don't know why moms carry this burden with them to want to be this caretaker, to, to want to be this symbol of love, affection, support, comfort, all these different things. And then nobody's stopping them or slowing them down and saying, hey, what are you doing for yourself? Hey, you've gained 15 pounds in the past year and a half. Hey, you look tired. <laughs> I know women don't like to hear it, but sometimes you can tell when somebody hasn't been sleeping well, isn't taking care of themselves. And that's what happens to a lot of kids, especially in our culture. I didn't have that pressure at home, but I know a lot of kids or a lot of students who have the pressure of their parents and what they want them to be or what profession they should choose and and what, you know, yo quiero que seas un doctor, yo quiero que seas un ingeniero or whatever. It's like, well, what if I don't have a passion for that? So it's interesting for you because you're pursuing something you're passionate about and it creates this stress because there's limited availability. But at the same time, it's also an alleviation because how much faster would you burn out if you were in a profession that you, you didn't, didn't want to be in, right?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I'm very grateful my parents never put that pressure on me. Even, like, after graduating, they were like, we understand, like, take that time. And, like, it's I think it's, like, a privilege that my parents were able to be, like, you don't need to get a job right away, but, like, like, not to, like, pick something that I don't like. You know, it's like we want you to do something that you love so you're not miserable. And every day you go into work, it's not really work. So, yeah,
0: because your parents, your parents understand what quality of life is and they know that you could pursue money. Mm -hmm. You could pursue prestige and all these things that people want to put in your head of what you should be chasing. But then if you're not chasing something that you're actually want to do or desire to do, them? what the hell are you doing?
1: It's not going to be fulfilling. No,
0: it's not going to be fulfilling. You're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all felt that. I can tell you when I used to work pediatric ICU, I remember I reached the point where I would wake up to go to work and I felt it right away. Or the day before, I was already anticipating, oh, I got to go back to work tomorrow. It sucks. I'm already tired thinking about the work that I have to do. It's on the way to work. It's already stressful. Nothing has happened yet, but I'm already stressed out about what is to come and what will my day entail. And I'm not going to enjoy it. That's when you know it's time to make a change. When you start feeling overburdened on your way to work, it's probably time for you to start thinking about something else to do. And that's been my life. My life has been transitioning every three to four years to something different, something new. I think it's been extremely helpful because... Number one, I was dealing with patients. So if I'm not in it with my patients, then it's not going to be good. It's, not, it's, it's, a, it's, it's The quality of care I deliver is probably going to be poor. Um, I'm just not going to enjoy my day. Think about it. Societal expectations of my grandfather and what kind of a father he was supposed to be to my dad. And then my dad's societal expectations that he felt over his head are very different than what I feel. My dad never changed a diaper. I was changing diapers from day one. My dad never went anywhere alone with the kids. My, the day after my daughter was born, I, I took her back to the hospital to have her bilirubin checked because her bilirubin was high when she was born. And I remember people looking at me saying, why is this young dad? All they would ask me is, where's the mom? Where's the mom? I'm like it's just me guys i'm i'm capable of taking care of this child so what what advice would i give to dads i mean the biggest advice is just stay involved with your kids i think it's really easy to sit back and let the mom do all the work because it feels convenient but at the same time all those little actions and interactions that you have with your child even if it's as simple as changing a diaper or feeding them that's just building that that relationship and that connection to that child. So, if you want to have a strong attachment, a secure attachment with your child, then those moments of, of bonding are so important. I and agree. yeah, and then the mom is stripping. Mom, if you are, let me talk to mom. <laughs> mom, if you are taking your child away from the father to change the diaper, to feed him, to do all these different things, and you do this day after day then you're stripping that father from forming a strong connection with the child and you're stripping him from having a a bonding experience with him. I know it feels like a burden. I know it feels like he's tired from work or whatever it is that he's doing, yard work. I don't care, cutting the grass. But you're taking that away from him and he needs those moments so that that relationship could start to build off the bat right away. Um, I don't know why we do that. Because we know how important bonding is. Like, that's the reason that there's skin to skin contact right when a child is born. Mm -hmm. Even if the mom has a C section, they put the baby on the mom's chest just so for both of them to feel that connection, that release of dopamine. Um, But then moms think that they're doing the fathers a favor. I don't know, get a day. Here, have a beer. What's the game? I'm going to go change a diaper. It doesn't help the kid, it doesn't help the father either.
1: And I think that also goes into like when they grow up, they go to mom for the majority of things. And it's like, well, I should be able to also go to my father. Of course. For certain things. But it's like, I feel like I don't have that like relationship with him or like confianza to go to him for that. Because it's like from when I was little, it's go to mom.
0: Go to mom. Go to mom. Go to mom. And he probably doesn't realize that either. He probably has no idea why he probably wonders sometimes oh, but how come ashley doesn't come talk to me right but you've been programmed since you were a child that mom is the one that's gonna take care of you you might go to dad for different things mm-hmm. maybe you have a financial question do you go to your dad yeah you see so it's just the, that role is very... Every,
1: the car problem yeah dad. <laughs> <laughs> you see
0: so it's so delineated and you could probably get a lot from your father for advice On a relationship issue exactly or on a life issue where you continuously you deviate towards mom because that's just what you've learned so it's recognizing these little things and saying Mm -hmm. oh wait let me just go talk to dad and see and he he might be like i don't know man just go ask your mom (laughs) why are you bothering me but again at least you tried (laughs) yeah it goes back to him being programmed that way right right he might just defer to mom defer to mom defer to mom because it's worked For 20-something years, right? Mm -hmm. Why is it going to change now? Yeah. And in my house, it was the same. Yeah, my house was the same, too. Go to mom, go to mom, go to mom.
1: Yeah. And I guess it also... Like, for me, my parents are divorced. So, it's like, well, I have to, like, be able to do that with both because they're not together now, you know? So, it's like adjusting and, like, communicating those things, Mm -hmm. which... I think communication is the best way to like go about that.
0: Adjusting is the perfect word because that's all these. So there's there's something called an adjustment disorder, um, and it's just your inability to adjust to new, to, to a changing life. And life is changing every day. So sometimes kids suffer an adjustment disorder when they transition from high school and they go to they go away to college, and sometimes that adjustment disorder becomes depression or generalized anxiety disorder because it's not dealt with. Our kids don't have the tools to support to really to dive in and say, wait, what what coping skills can I use now to get over what I'm feeling? And all they're feeling is just difficulty adjusting to the new situation, the new circumstance, the new job, the new profession, the new location, new friends, new network, new responsibilities, all these different things.